Gaming NBS episode 192 coming to you Wednesday, May 23rd, 2018. Welcome to Gaming NBS Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, folks. Good to have everybody on board. How you doing, Sean, man? Oh, man. Weather's getting nice. It, yeah. Weather Weather is nice. Not really today. Not that anybody would give a shit after hearing this three days later or 20 days <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, t- today's later. all rain and gloom, but... But I had my house painted, and so... I mean, and we're not talking just like, hey, can you just do this wall and that wall? I mean, the entire freaking house with ceilings. Inside, you're talking about inside house. Inside the house. And the painter guy just left. So you can smell the fumes. You are higher than a kite right now, aren't you? Right. I've been huffing, people. (laughs) Just say no to huffing. Don't be a huffer. Don't. No. It's no good. How can you game? All your brain cells will be dead. Exactly. Don't do that shit, no. kids. Uh, the but it's living in disarray does something to people. Like I'm not, I'm not I'm a big I don't mind change. I like change. But living in freaking disarray, man. Well, Having a, rooms and furniture piled up and all scattered everywhere. See, I can handle my own clutter. Like if I'm like, look, my home office right now is just a wreck, right? Sure. I'm putting away winter stuff, moving this, moving that, getting my hunting gear rearranged. I'm like, God, why do I still have this camo out here? I got to put this away. So I'm getting all this shit organized. And if I made the mess, I can find shit that's fine. But if I moved everything aside and I'm waiting for someone else to be done so I could go back to normal, that drives me bananas. It's like I'm letting someone else in my space, and they've wrecked it, or I've had to wreck it for them so they can do their thing. I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting for them to get done. That drives you nuts. So, like a D&D campaign, if you... (laughs) How do we tie this into an RPG? I have no idea. I have no idea. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's just talk about announcements. We'll go from there. So, a couple quick ones. Um... Evercon, my beloved little gaming convention in central Wisconsin, in January. Evercon. Yes. Our event submission is going to open up June 1st. Uh, just sent the newsletter out to folks, get a little reminder. We'll be hitting the social media and so forth. If you can make it this year to, to Evercon, it would be great. Uh, for those of you who are considering such, we will be. it'll be January 4, 5, and 6 of 2019. It's goofy because you run a convention in January, people are like, oh, my God, that's next year. Oh, my God, it's forever away. But if you're anything like me and you've got to plan the damn thing, holy crap, the sooner you can get things going, the better. So if you're thinking about submitting events or anything like that, you know, it'd be, it'd be great. You know, we open up on June 1st, we plug in people and so on, and then we'll have, you know, badge pre-reg in September, and it'll be cool. It'll be fun. So hopefully folks can make it. And uh, another. Brett Con related news. I'm going to go to Queen City Conquest. I've mentioned this before in September. And it uh, should be fun. Should be a damn good time. So if you're going there, I hope to see you there. Sean, what have we learned about Gamehole Con? Gamehole Con submissions for events are open. In addition to that, there are new lounges. Somebody had told me to tell somebody that. I believe it's our friend Edwin Maggie, um, if I'm not mistaken, that brought it up. Uh Oh, man, I hope it was him. 
Those of you who are familiar with the show are already aware of the Vendor GM Lounge on the main floor of the show, and they are pleased to announce two cool new spots that will be open for GameholeCon 2018. The first is the Fantasy Flight Lounge. This will be upstairs. Not that you guys have any, uh, well, some of you have reference, but may, many of you do not. We upstairs in the balcony area of the convention center. Fantasy Flight will be on hand running demos in that area. This will also be a very cool new open gaming space. So there will be tables of various heights and couches to relax on. There will also be a cash bar set up there for the entire show. Holy cow. Wow. Now I'll take- see, GM Lounge, I, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned something to Alex, but it would, it would have been on my list to, to say, like, dude, I like the GM Lounge. It's a nice token, but you got you to gotta pimp that bitch out. Yeah, no, he did. <laughs> Apparently, they pimped that sucker out. That's yeah. really cool. The Fantasy Flight guys running games there, that's awesome. I'll tell you, Alex and the team, I mean, we rave about them every year, but they just they, they keep adding cool stuff. It's just really, really neat. Good job. Very, very cool. All right, one more reason to run games, because Game Master, Lounge, hello, there you go. Very yeah. Cool. But remember, there's no sex in the champagne room. Yes, well, we're talking about a GM lounge, not oh, that's a champagne right. room. It's not the champagne room. <laughs> Different problem. Yeah. <laughs> or no sex in the green room? No champagne in the green room? Something like that. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm never I'm not I'm not I'm not privy to those things. <laughs> You're not up on your stripper lingo, I, I guess. Well, is it the, Yeah, that's right. It's stripper lingo. It's not high society lingo. No, it is not. See, I was mistaking it for like the roped off lounge. Yeah, champagne, green room. Uh, the green room's different. Green room's green. like our celebrity. Yeah, that's different than the champagne room. Yes. Yeah. See. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, wow. We're hey. we're gonna let's go to random encounter. Zip let's do zaps, that. Zip zaps. Motor scooters. You damn squares. Oh, that's low. Let's turn that door up. There we go. Zip zaps. So I'm going to keep Sean Roll back on track here. You read the first ones. Go Get for done it. done with work. I don't know where my head's at. All you right. Howard emails us about character death. Hi, B&S. Many thanks for giving the character death topic such a great going over with some brilliant ideas. I should make it clear that I'm not some kind of homicidal maniac, evil glint. Oh, really? <laughs> That'll ruin that piece. Nice. <laughs> I just want a proper balance around risk and reward. The player should understand that there are times when running away is a viable option. What tends to happen in our 5e games is that as a PC gets close to zero hit points, the GM targets someone else instead of rather instead rather than finishing them off. There's also some GM dice roll fudging going on behind the screen. I really like your idea of rolling in front of the screen so everything is out in the open. As you say, the key is to make it clear that there's going to be a different social contract. As the newbie GM in the group, I've offered to run one-shots in between campaigns or when folks are away, so I can use pre-gens, which may help a bit. Thinking about running D&D White Box, since it'll be the 40th anniversary of my first ever game on May 15th. If the characters survive that, they can survive anything. (laughs) Keep on chugling. Chugling? Yeah, it's a Howard thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, That's nice, Howard. Howard, you know, Howard, the Howard I- must be f- 
He must be from another country. I don't know that chugling. Could be. He might but I'll tell be. you what, though. The the one-shots between campaigns with pregens, that sets the stage for, hey, this is Howard's game, and this is how he runs it, right? So when Howard says, hey, I want to run a campaign, everyone goes, I got a taste for that. I know what that's like. The Earth Elemental will step on my head to make sure I'm dead. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's a good way to go, man. I like that. Rend, I like that Rend is your friend. Yes, oh, Rend. <laughs> I need to get that on a shirt. Rend is your friend. Rend is your friend. <laughs> Signed, Evil GMs everywhere. All right. What else have we got here? Chugling. Ooh, yes. Hey, we're going to keep on chugling. Your turn to, the best we can. Your turn to chugle. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Hook emailed us in. It said, the mashup from Chris Shore is an intriguing idea. I hope I got the name right. Shorb. I think you did. Shorb. 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 Chris Shorb. <clears throat> Shorb. Shorb. Not Chris Shore. Not Shore. That's Shorb. okay, though. Shorb. Chris Shorb. That's okay. If you've listened to us long enough, you know Brett. Even with my horrible last name, I butcher everybody else's. I'm Brett Blazinski Seversky. That's not even close. Nah, it's not. <laughs> anyway, I feel that any expended extend expended. La la la. I feel that any extended period of time that the gate would be open would lead to peoples of each plane starting to use a crossover tech and magic. <clears throat> so, quick recap: Chris Shorb had talked about um, interconnections, planar wise, between a modern world setting and the fantasy sci-fi type stuff where, hey, you know, we've got guns, they've got spells, back and forth. So, to continue, Thomas says, let's say NASA plugs a formula into a computer and breaks down, analyzes a spell, and shows that with a certain set of words spoken with the proper inflections, and uses a specific set of hand gestures, and then by adding a small amount of raw materials components, you get a fireball. Of course, this quickly opens the door to magic in a world as top scientists can easily understand how to cast spells. At the same time, a wizard uses a comprehend language spell on a computer code. He realizes that it works like any other language. He can use this fantastic device to create a spell that works like an electromagnetic pulse, giving the mages in their world a, in their world a good weapon against jets and other tech that comes through the gate. Both worlds would become influenced and changed by the new to them powers. Neither would get an edge, as neither world <coughs> excuse me neither world could pull together as a unified force. The Russians heavy into oil research locate an unprecedented oil reserve under the waters near the Baria Island and set up a drilling operations. Little-known Japanese scientist finds that the quote-unquote lake of steam is a perfect place to get his theories on geothermal power to work. The Japanese government throws everything they have into making a stronghold near that area. China finds that large tribes of orcs in the endless waste are more than happy to make a truce and act as guides and join forces with the invading army and trade for a new and powerful weapon, weapon called guns. A group of industrious and battle-hardened dwarfs Launch an expedition to the Black Hills to investigate the large forces on large faces on Mount Rushmore. The Red Wizards of Thay find that the Bermuda Triangle is an incredible source of arcane power and immediately start building towers at each point of the triangle using a new and endless well of magic to defend themselves from this world's best efforts to dislodge them. Wood Elves find the Amazon Basin a wonderful place to make a new home and go unnoticed by this world until it's too late to dislodge them. There'll be just too many political and financial factions on both sides of the gate trying to use this new phenomenon to grab power for themselves. I could see groups of heroes in both worlds rushing to shut the gate before too much damage was caused. Even with the basic imagination, adventure hooks would become endless. As uh, gamers, we are way more than above the baseline on imagination. This doesn't even start to cover things like a dragon's breath melting a tank in its tracks <laughs> as the other tanks in the battalion rip through the dragon's hide with armor-piercing rounds. Even the toughest dragon scales just can't deflect. Jets easily outpace dragons in flight, but are 
Unable to outmaneuver the elves and griffins as they cast lightning bolts, frying all the electronics in the F-16. Mind flayers are unable to press any advantage they hold over humans as drones controls from, controlled from miles away pin them down with small weapons fire. Just came up with this in a few minutes. <laughs> it took to type this email. Just think of the wonders that could play out with a little time in playtesting. As far as the rule system, I would use... It would also be a mashup, leaning heavily into D&D. That's just me, and there are rules I'm most familiar with. I may play lots of systems, but I master none. With this said, I'm going to side with Brett in that this isn't what I would normally look for in a game. <laughs> Great show. Keep your pencil sharp and table snacks handy. Thomas, Seppi Holder's Horde. Thomas, that's some cool stuff. I mean, those are the types of things that... Better spec that shit out, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go in, <laughs> you know, if you're going to take Chris Sharp's idea and go, huh, what are you going to do with it? That... Right there, dude. That's like, wow. <laughs> That's a lot of really good stuff, man. That is awesome. There's an abstract for you. There's definitely an abstract yeah, for you. That's that cool over stuff. to Merle's. You know, when you say that, that is, that type of thing he wrote down, just add a little extra color to it. That thing you wrote down there, Thomas, that is, in my opinion, very much enough to start a campaign idea or to pitch a campaign idea or adventure ideas and stuff to your, to your players. Some people like to read that stuff and so on. If that type of uh, format, that's, some, that's pretty good. Short, sweet, good stuff in there. Thanks, man. Looking, looking for good things to come from Thomas. Absolutely. You ready? <laughs> I am ready. Let's do it. All right, let's go to the main topic. <laughs> All right, Brett. What are we doing this week? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. This is going to be. This is. We're outside of our realm on this one, so we're going to bring in. Going to bring somebody in to help us get through this. Because what I want to talk about. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> Sean and I have talked about this before. High level gameplay, um, overpowered, if you will, PCs and craziness, high levels, and so on. And we. Um, I actually had this conversation with uh, some friends of mine around uh, Amber Diceless, and like, oh my god, it's so powerful. How do you challenge anything of that power level? I thought, you know who's a good dude to bring in on that? That would be Aloyla Santa, because he knows, he knows this stuff. He knows part-time gods. He's got a second edition Kickstarter going right now for it, so we got Aloy to yes, you do. bring I'm some like, wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Like, I, I've, I've played god stuff, like, my entire gaming life I've, that I realize I've been doing now for, like, 25 years. Like, ugh. Seriously? So you, you're you like the high-level play guy? Is that the thing? You know, if- I've been doing that for a long time. Uh, I actually started doing that. Uh, I A lot of people already know this if they've listened to any podcast that I've been on, but like I started with riffs. Um, and when you play riffs, there's it, it eventually gets to the point where you're gods. Um, and then, of course, then they released the, what was it, Conversion Book 2, which was, here's how you play gods. And my group was all about that. We, wow. we we started making up gods, and then we started going on godly things and doing godly stuff, and um, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was definitely different than, like, we have to storm the castle. It was like, you know, uh, the castle? Oh, the castle doesn't exist because I snapped my fingers. And, you know, it's like, because those people aren't actually a threat to me, but their god now is because I've pissed that person off. Yeah, so you're no longer killing giant rats for experience points and worrying about carrion crawlers and bugbears. You're like way past that. You're actually onto the bugbears' gods. 
being a problem exactly now. exactly wow. that actually what what that's what ends up happening i mean the question of like how do you challenge a god it's like you challenge them with other gods is basically what you do you know so <laughs> now Aloy, some people might have not heard your first soiree with us mm. so uh just a brief overview of your resume uh, to include even the new agenda, which I think some people even that has listened that have listened to us may not be aware of that venture of yours. True, that's that's fairly new. That's only a few months old um, at this point. Um, I think the last time I was on, I was I was on here for what Pip System, right? Yep, Pip System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pip has been going strong. We have a couple of new books coming out for that this year, which should be fun. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I'm Aloy. Hi, everybody. And uh, <laughs> I am, uh, I've been gaming for 25 years. See, that's the whole thing. Like, I already gave a whole bunch of personal stuff. You guys already know about me. Um, but I've been uh, publishing for about 10 years uh, under my uh, my company, Third Eye Games, uh, where I've made games like Apocalypse, Apocalypse Prevention, Inc., uh, Ninja Crusade, Part-Time Gods, uh, which is in its second edition right now on Kickstarter. Um, I've done the PIP system, which includes you know Mermaid Adventures, Infestation, and the upcoming Kid's Guide to Monster Hunting. Uh, Sins of the Father and Ampere One, I think those are my other games. Uh, but I mean, like, those are a ton of games that I've kind of created on my own. Um, I've also gone out and uh, I got to work on some, because I like to freelance, I like to lend my, my, my talents to certain things. So I, I've worked for some other companies as well. But one of the main things that I'm doing now, also in 2000, um, 18 here is uh, I began a new company called New Agenda Publishing, which is now because 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 you can never have too many publishing companies to manage, right? I was um, going to say you you don't. <laughs> from what I know about your lawyer is that you don't shy away from work and large volumes of it. So this means no. so this means that you weren't quite working eighty hour a week and you just figured, hey, what the hell, let's let's jack it up a notch. Yeah, I was like on sixty, so I was like, you know, let's do eighty now. Um, but with New Agenda, um, what it is is it's myself, uh, Misha Bushyager, and Jerry Grayson, and the three of us have come together. We've created a, a New Agenda Publishing where uh, we are trying to highlight uh, new and creative voices from underrepresented. Uh, communities, uh, you know, we are three black game designers because it was it was really scary. Was um, uh, around the tail end of 2017, I started trying to connect with other game designers of color, specifically black, and um, there, I think we were up to about nine in total <laughs> wow. when I couldn't find any more. And, uh, and, and then of course it was like, and we all had our own companies, but then you look at the landscape of RPG publishing in general, and the majority of the companies are all owned by, you know, a particular, you know, type of person, usually older white men, which is, you know, nothing bad about that, but that's just the facts. So, um, so basically we're here to try and change the landscape a little bit. Uh, we're going to shake things up and have some fun. So and uh, that the quick start for our first game should actually be out later this month, which I'm very excited about, because um, we've spent months now here designing a new system and coming up with the different things, and it's going to be sci-fi. So it was coming up with the universe and coming up with tons of different and weird and interesting alien species and stuff. So it's it's amazing fun. Um, so, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back on and I'll talk more about New Agenda later. Cause yeah, we're going to have to, man, because that is, I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but what you just yeah. said there, I mean, quite frankly, that's that's awesome stuff. I mean, I look at uh, a friend of Sean and I, uh, Mark Hunt, he's a game guy from down in uh, Illinois area, 
Iowa. Well, African American gentleman, and he and he Iowa. puts together some. What's that? He's in Iowa. Iowa. Damn, I keep thinking he's in Illinois. Anyway, he's a big <laughs> Gangbusters guy. I think he actually has the rights to publish Gangbusters. He's been slowly but surely oh. working on different things, and that dude is such a hoot. And he's and every time I run into him at like a Gary Con or something, it is he and I'll talk about different things, what's going on, and this, that, and the other thing. And it's amazing to me because. You know, when you just look around and everything, you're used to a very specific look <laughs> to everything. Yeah. And yeah. Um, me being who I am, you know, I'm a white middle class guy. I, I think, wow, that's cool. Oh, hello. he's doing some really good stuff. And then I don't always think about the fact that, hey, you know, there's there's groups of people that don't have somebody similar to them to mm-hmm. help them pick them up and get them into a get them into something because they don't know how to how to break into a thing. And exactly. I think, I think what you're doing is awesome, man. So congrats. That Thank really, you. Really and, cool. and and I've been that guy. I've been like the black guy at a convention before. Like so, it's like it's one of those things. Like really, I'm I, I'm trying to push this out here so that more people can come and enjoy what we do. Um, is base that's basically the 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 end of it. Is like we we want more people to come in and play, and you know that only happens by um, that. It's only going to happen on purpose. It's not going to happen accidentally or just say oh hey what's this over here it's like no that's not that's not how it's going to be we're going to have to put ourselves in everybody's faces and that's just how it's going to work but you know the the cool thing about new agenda is that because now um it's a team because with third eye with third eye games it's always just been me uh so but with new agenda uh i actually have a team so while i'm doing the kickstarter now for part-time god second edition they're working on the other stuff that i don't need to be touching right now i already did my part for the quick start so i handed it off to them and they're going to finish it off and that's called delegation which is amazing um <laughs> that's the only way i survive my day job dude if you don't have people exactly. you can trust around you you just you're going to collapse so good on you for exactly doing that. but i mean but honestly in the end it's you know it that gives me time still that i can still focus on third eye games um and third eye games is um it's still you know it's still my baby and honestly it's growing even more now too because i've been bringing on more people um i have uh, you know a project manager now i have a design manager a marketing manager um i have people who i've been bringing in to help develop books and um i have new editors that i've been working with so just so many people that i've been bringing into third eye that have been coming in and really enhancing the company which like if you look at my current kickstarter and you compare it to you know one of my ones before this one um like it just looks way more professional it just looks more you know crisp like it's it just way better it is sharp man i was checking it, it out earlier today it's yeah. a sharp looking kickstarter so. todd did an amazing job with it and he like he put his foot in it and he did a really good job uh with with making it look really awesome so um i mean and, and of course like the the whole point of it is to make it look awesome so that people will come in and try it out and uh the game itself is really cool so we should probably get to um talking about god stuff so <laughs> oh my gosh I can happened, ramble forever. One, if you haven't listened to us talk to Aloy like last time for pip system this is exactly what happened <laughs> you guys, you guys <laughs> don't stop me that's the problem well, it's, like <laughs> it's cool stuff man it's cool to listen to all right so let's talk let's go part-time gods of fate so um part, part-time gods of fate different thing part-time gods duh back to third eye games well, and this guys. is second edition. Well, I mean, of Fate is still that was done by Encoded, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's the same game, same theme, same concepts, just different implementation with the rules, um, which I really liked. Which is why I, you know, I let them do it because um, they they pitched it to me, and I was just like, that's 
that's a really cool way to do that. Let's do that. I like that. You know, so so with know. the second edition now, mm-hmm. is there so. Let's let me first. I'll ask this first, and then we'll get into the the nits and ants. Then we'll get into the actual topic. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> the lure of playing gods. We were talking. You know, we talked about. Hey, you know, Eloy's been playing godlike characters forever. Um, mm. This is a, this is a love of his. What um, what's the attraction? See, one of the things I like is I tend to like low level, kind of that gritty, you know, watching every copper piece kind of play style. Right. And when I see this, I have to. It, it's harder for me to get amped up sometimes. To uh, to play the uber power, to play the big, you know, to play gods and so forth. Yeah. And it's goofy because I, I used to play vampire in uh, White Wolf, <laughs> so I mean, there's pretty much blood drinking gods on on planet Earth, you know. <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. <laughs> so what's the what is uh, what's the lure for you? I mean, when you looked at making part time gods, even back at the time, what was the lure for you to say, hey, you know what would be really cool is to play gods. Well, you know, it, it's it's always been that sort of thing. Like, I've played a lot of games, again, where, where I've played gods. Um, and there's there's always certain things that come with playing gods. It always comes with um, having worshippers and having to deal with that, uh, that relationship dynamic of you and people who worship you. Um, that's always been really fun. Then there's always the, you know, there's the, you know... Um, there's the whole thing with having tons of power so you can do lots of things. Um, and, and of course, me and other people tend to disagree sometimes on what power is. Um, you know, for me, a powerful character is somebody who can do lots of things, not necessarily cause lots of damage. Okay. You know, it's like, because if all you do is hit something and it dies, I hit that thing and it died, and then I hit that thing and it died. How interesting is that? Yeah, like, that's it's the like, one-trick yeah. pony, right? All, yeah, all you can it, do is punch things in the face. Yay! Right. Um, so th- so that's, that's not the part that attracts me to godhood uh, and playing those types of games. It's always about the, the, the dynamics of you and other gods, with you and worshippers, with you and mortals. Um, and that's always what has, um, you know... Sp- fueled me whenever I play because I played Scion I've played um uh what was it the <sighs> let me see I played Guy- Scions and I played um, obviously Rifts and I'm and Ma- it's, it's the the gods of the modern gods of today exalted. or something like that yeah what's that exalted well exalted too which they're not technically gods but I mean they might as well be um so you know so I mean, there are a lot of games out there where you can play godlike level stuff, and that's actually why part-time gods. It, it it the the reason why it is the way that it is is because there are a lot of games out there where you can already play that. Hey, I'm that guy who's out there, and I'm just causing as much damage and doing whatever I want because I'm a god, and you know, screw your rules of reality. Um, and part-time gods ended up becoming a little bit more kind of like what you said you like. Um, which is the, you know, where it's almost street level, except that you're also a god. You know, it's like, so you're a god, and you have actually fuel, like, huge control over pieces of the universe. And you can do so many things. By all rights, you are a very powerful being. And yet, like, if you get snuck up on by the wrong person, they can just shoot you and you're dead. You know, it's like, you know, it's that sort of thing that it, it kind of mixes the, the fantastic and, and the mundane, like, together into a game, which is, which is again, why I made the game, because it's, it's different than what else is out there, because 
I wouldn't make a game that was the same as somebody else's game because <laughs> I would sense. just play that game. Why, why waste my time making a game that exists? <laughs> exactly. So when you were playing God, when your preference when you're playing Gods, um, instead of having the yeah, if you think that the Munchkin, the old school version, I remember being in high school having that character who was unstoppable, like obscene numbers, hit points, crazy ass armor class, just deal tons of damage. Instead of just being that ultimate tank fireball chucker guy, the idea now is like, hey, I'm going to make this person, and she's going to have a bevy of powers and skills and different things. She's in control of a certain um, at, you know, a- attitude, aptitude, whatever, of, mm-hmm. of the world or universe even. But we still have to deal with... Um, ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, that type of thing. So is that that's kind of the idea, right? We're, we're I mean, that's exactly what part-time gods okay. is. That's exactly what part-time gods is. Like to a T is you know, it's it's what I've always said is the tagline for the game has kind of always been that being a god doesn't pay the rent. Ah. You know, it's like, you know, it's like you can be the god of the ocean, but you know, your wife is still calling you and saying come home for dinner. You know, so it does. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Does being a god doesn't help you in your maritable in your maritable uh, issues that you might be having. Damn, you know? I, was, I was hoping something would. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so let me. So when we're talking about, so let me think about this. So big, earth shaking, bust up the universe like God on God, um, throw down action mm-hmm. is the first thing that I think of. You know, hey God, I'm going to play a God, so I'm going to go have a smackdown with Zeus, and hey, I'm going to go hand to hand with, you know, with with somebody else. But when you take the small, the personal components of it, I, and I like that idea of having those big things, but yet still having to deal with something at home, if you will, or on the street, or where you mm-hmm. grew up, or or your followers. You know, how do you do? You often. I see it anyway, Aloy, as saying, hey, I can have, like, this larger earth-shaking plotline going on, but I want to make sure that there's enough of, like, the smash cut back to, hey, you know, the homeless people who are worshipping you in Chicago still need love, care, feeding, and attention, and then possibly merging all that stuff where your opponents are finding out those small, soft, squishy, lovey things that you have <laughs> and trying to put the <laughs> screws to you so they can go take those things away from you. Is that... That's what I'm thinking of as you're talking. Is that kind of how you're rolling as well? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing, right, is that you need to have the the earth shaking, the, the huge things that you're dealing with. Um, and usually what I end up doing is I have several storylines going on anytime that I run a, a, a game of part-time gods. Um, so I make sure that everybody has some sort of storyline that is personal to them. Um, whether it's mortal or divine, it could be that, you know, you're having a rivalry with another god and you're doing that thing over here. Um, or it could be marital, marital issues for one and it could be, you know, something else entirely for another. Um, like the last game that I, that I ran, um, one was tracking down some sort of weird monster serial killer. One was working with another goddess to possibly, um, team up against another god and take their territory together and in the third guy his brother got arrested and he needed to find ways to make enough money to bail him out you know it's like those those three (laughs) they're all gods you know but those three storylines were the ones that were important to those characters um and then after i have those established then i usually introduce the big one that now these are the things you need to deal with now as a team this is the thing that's affecting all of you um, and so when you have, 
And that's that's what Part-Time Gods is like built on is that you have several things happening all at once and it creates the the need to make choices. Um but also one of the things that we have is even outside of the storylines, the way that Part-Time Gods second edition is actually um structured is that you have what's called free time. You have a certain amount of free time your character does. And every every scene, you have to pay a free time to participate in that next scene. And if you don't have any free time, then uh, some some part of your responsibilities in the world comes calling. Um, oh, okay. Could, so you've got instead of having to have the uh, GM fiat, like, hey, I need to I need to put a brakes on that Lloyd guy. Hey, I got to get Sean in here. You actually exactly. have a mechanism that is there. It's it's built into the game okay. that your your mortal life will come into it, or your worshippers will come into it, or somebody will come asking you for your time. Um, and then, of course, there's also the whole thing of sometimes you have to go to work because it's actually one of the main ways that you have money in the game. So if you like, if you just run around spending all of your money, um, you eventually have to go to work, um, and it sucks, but that's that's life. Uh, so. <laughs> well, I like that. You know, the way you started, the way you explained it, was very, you know, having everybody has their small individual thing. Then there's like a big deal that everybody has to deal with, and by yep. every person having their own goals and objectives, and those storylines are happening three, four, five, however many gamers are going, and then mm-hmm. wham, the GM lays down the big one, and now they exactly. get to decide. I have to be involved in the big one. Do I let my other priorities slack? Do I let that other god potentially take over? Do I? piss off my wife or oh my god my boyfriend's getting mad at me yeah or hey well and that was the thing is like i got asked like what's the benefit of even having a pantheon why couldn't i just be a god by myself and i'm like well kind of like what we were talking about earlier there's delegation yes um there's delegation of stuff i actually had i had a whole uh i had a and i've told the story a couple of other times but i had a um a group that was this was the very first play test that i ran um, and, um, I had four players in it and one, it was like, okay, cool. Like we've tracked down the guy. We just need to go. And actually we have to talk this person into giving us his location. And it was just like, cool. Well, everybody give me a free time to go and do that. If that's what you're going to go do. And one person's like, oh, um, you know, I don't have any free time. And I'm like, cool. Well, um, he was privileged. So I'm like, your family is, says that there's a charity event that you have to attend tonight instead. Um, so you have to go get ready for that and you have to go to that. Um, he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just go to that since the rest of them can take care of that. And then one of the other ones was like, well, actually, I have to go to work because I have no money. And then then the third character was like, well, uh, I'm getting called by my worshippers. So it was like, there was this very important task that needed to get done, but three out of the four players had other stuff that their characters had to do in that moment. That's awesome. Um, And it actually left the worst person to to go and deal with that. Um, so it was so funny because then it's just like I handled like the side scenes for the other characters really quickly. And then we all just had a fun time watching the fourth character fumble through the entire scene. And it was just it was just an amazing kind of experience uh, to have. And in that, that was actually where I was like, OK, cool. This playtest was successful. This is this definitely works. Um, but it's I mean, it's definitely not it's not that kind of game for you know, somebody who's like, if I'm not in the scene, if I'm not playing every second of the, of the game, then I'm going to get, you know, get mad about it or whatever. Like it's definitely for those types of groups where you enjoy seeing other people's stories progress. You know what I mean? It's not about killing something. It's about like, 
oh, you know, last last scene that he had with his wife, they had a big fight. So let's see if if it's different this time. You know, it's you know, it's like I'm interested in that sort of thing, and I love playing with people who are interested in that sort of thing. Um, but that's the whole thing about Part Time Gods is always having multiple things happening. So you have like you have your own storyline, you have the main storyline, and then you have all these other things that are now popping in as well. And you're like, I I don't know which one to go after, and they all have their own repercussions if you don't handle them nice. you know so you still got the opportunity am i right you still have the opportunity if you want to have the badass throwdown. you're like look she's coming for you and it's just going to be a brawl you can there's still the opportunity for the big fight right oh my gosh yes i mean yeah. there there's actually so many fights in in this sort of game uh i actually had um one of my favorites was that i had the main storyline be that there was like a necromancer who was like summoning zombies and all kinds of stuff and they like cornered him in like the middle of town and then I was just like well he reanimates the skeleton of like a dinosaur and it starts like just going through the entire town and there was like a nice huge like massive fight in like the middle of the city with this necromancer and all his minions and this giant dinosaur and um and then you have those moments where you can just go crazy with it. I I had a god who was the god of celebration, and the god of celebration says, can I turn the dragon into confetti? And I said, I mean, you can. That's going to be a really tough role. I mean, do you want to try it? He's like, I have to try it. So so he literally, like, spent everything he could to get as many dice as he could. He borrowed dice from other people. He spent all of his free time, and he just did everything he could, and he just he just rolled, like, a mountain of dice, and he was successful. And it was just like, you know, then I got to describe, like, the you know, the dinosaur's coming, and it's about to beat you, and, and it just, like, chomps down, and at the moment... Right before his teeth would connect with your skull, you snap your fingers and the entire town is covered in confetti. And it was just like, it was one of those amazing moments in the game because everybody just went, whoa, you know, because he got like the exact number of successes that he needed to get, you know, so. You know, what's cool, what I'm hearing you say, which is really cool to me, and I did this a lot whenever I run Amber, which I haven't done it for a while, but even when I was running Vampire, one of the things that happens with fights is that because... Just to have an old-fashioned slobber knocker, you know, to beat the orc and take his money, it, it's just, it's so blasé. Exactly. And every fight in these types of in these types of games are exactly what you're describing. They, the fight is a story. We've ta- Sean and I have tried to talk about this on the show before, but, you know, using the fight to push the story along, using the fight as a, as a showpiece for, hey, because of this, these other things happen, mm-hmm. you know, because I did this. You know, some games have, you know, mechanics for, hey, if I do this, do you owe me a boon? If I do... That we have, you know, I spend luck or willpower, whatever. But no matter how the mechanics are going in the background, I think the cool piece for me that makes a a high-powered game like this, when we're talking about gods on the table, is those fights, they're much more interesting because the outcome, whatever happens, even if you don't die, even back in Vampire, it's harder as fucking hell to kill a vampire, right? Yeah. But at the end of it, if you got your ass beat and you had to run away, if that god gets just thrown down just totally his punk-ass beat and he's got to run, and then he's like, I got to get back at her. She's the one that did this to me. She, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. It just it builds this this story vibe, which I think is really cool. And not that you can't have it in other games, but I think it's critical to these god-powered games because if you don't have that, the fights are so freaking boring. Especially, too, the fact that, like, you are, you have such a power level. Like, it, it's it's that sort of thing. It's like, if, if 
if you're like just attacked by just like some dude, like you're you're gonna win that fight because they're just some dude. You know, it's like that's just how that happens. But like when you're going up against, you did. I like to say it kind of like. Did anybody here watch like the Power Rangers? Yeah, like, I have I have younger kids, so I have seen like it. the old like the old Power Rangers. I used to watch it when I was in school and everything, and it was really fun. And I remember that I loved it when the Green Ranger showed up, but when he was the bad guy, because every episode it would be here's a monster. Well, we're Power Rangers. We're designed to defeat monsters, so I defeated your monster, you know. And like it was the moment that. It was, oh, it was another ranger. Oh, this this one ranger is whooping the other five rangers' butts? Like, wait a minute. Did the green ranger just win? Like, like that's the whole thing. Like, And that's, that's the difference between a god-level game and a regular game. It's because you can't just throw just whatever at a god-level character. You have to throw... You have to throw god level things at them. And yeah, if the players I, are if the players are grooving on it and you have a street level person actual honest to god mortal comes up and tries to smack the god of peace or the god of whatever right mm-hmm. he's the god of you know help or whatever he happens to be and the car- the player has a bad day and just aces that dude mm-hmm. what happens to his followers right what happens to all of that stuff all the exactly. repercussions of you flexing your god muscle in the wrong direction just out of out of spite or anger Exactly. I mean, and that's that's kind of all about kind of the 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 balance of power. Like I get asked all the time, like in part time gods, why did why why are gods hidden? Why do you why aren't just everybody just running around being gods? And why isn't the whole world completely different than it is? And I'm like, there's a lot of reasons for that. They're all like very set in like the setting. Um, but you know, there's I mean, a, a few of the reasons are like. Anytime you use your power, it's like a beacon for the bad, nasty things to come and try to destroy your life. You know, so it's like, you know, it's cool if you're like throwing around small little miracles here and there just to keep your worshippers happy. But the moment you do some massive turn a giant dragon into confetti thing, um, all that does is attract more trouble. You know, so it's 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 that sort of thing, too. It's like there has to be, like you said, like the repercussions for what you do like there has to be that um in a god game because if there are no repercussions then then it's just it's basically just you saying i'm running around and i'm just doing whatever i want and how fun is that like there has to be a there has to be consequences to what you do for it to to be fun hmm. so that that ties me into this other question i was gonna hit you with was from a player character we, a lot of what we're talking about here is game master specific at least in my opinion yeah i, agree. And I think let's <clears throat> so if you're gonna play this kind of game when someone's going to sit down and they're going to play gods, if they're playing part-time gods, they're playing Scion or any game where, they've, mm-hmm. where they're going to be a god, a god, mm-hmm. goddess, whatever, when that player sits down, how does she How does she get in the right mindset? Is there a, you know, I want to say, you know, make sure you understand the setting, make sure this, make sure that, but yeah. you, you're doing this more often than I am, so, and you're the guest, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you anyway. So well, what, I mean, that, that, that stuff is important to obviously, like, know what game you're playing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, like, at a con, it's not... Not not that necessary. You can kind of gloss over the majority of, like, the setting. But, you know, like, if you're really sitting down and you're like, I'm going to play this game and I'm going to give it my shot here and I'm going to try to get into the right mindset. A lot of the time for me, like, I do a lot of, like, I'll watch movies or TV shows or I'll read a book that reminds me of the game that I'm about to play. 
Um, and we give a lot of like different references and media and whatnot for part-time gods, for instance. Um, but for me, it's all about kind of playing the character and not playing the the god. And I think that that's kind of the the big thing here. Um, and that's what that's what part-time gods a lot of the time focuses on, you know, because like if you are the god of celebration, that's awesome that you're the god of celebration. But like, is that who your character is? Well, no, actually, um, you know, he was like a baker, if I recall that character. <laughs> like, he's a baker, and he had like he had a boyfriend, and like a bunch of you know he had like a, he was a he was a club goer and stuff like that. Like that was his thing. You know, it wasn't just that he was the god of celebration. He also is a person who is the celebration. Um, and I think that that's even a big thing. Even if you look at myth, like if you look at Hades, like. Well, let's not do Hades. Let's do, um, um, because Hades is the wrong one. That's not the one that I meant to, uh, to say, uh, the god of war. I'm trying to think of what his name was. Oh, Ares. Oh, Ares. Okay. So Mars too. Uh, It depends on how you want to call him. So Ares, um, but like Ares was like, cool, I'm the god of war and I run around and I start wars and I like to manipulate humans and all that stuff. And, but like the story of Ares is that he's married to another god and he's a jealous god and he likes to pick fights with the other gods and he likes to show his power and stuff like like that's who he is not what he does you know what i mean and that's that's the big thing about when i think whenever you're playing any character um and this is why whenever i try to play D &D, like people don't like me um because because i'm not because i'm not just the level five elf fighter um like i give myself a personality and you know i'm britta on the community episode where they were playing D D, you know with the with the gnome like you know the gnome comes over and gives you a drink well i'm gonna have a conversation with the gnome and they're like no just just go to the fight just go to the thing so you can fight the thing it's like no no didn't you, did you hear about the gnome oppression you know it's like like that's awesome you know i'm that guy so you know um i'll tell you that that's a lot more interesting i mean you know, you think about it, and you're right. I mean, especially if you're thinking gods, and instead of just thinking the high end power thing, I think Hephaestus, the one god of the forge, um, was. I always remember the story of being this kind of this ugly, muscle, overly muscle bound guy mm-hmm. that just does this stuff, and he happened to be married to or um, obsessed with this, like the goddess of beauty type of thing. So there was. It's very classic, you know, ugly, pretty type of thing. Right. But, you know, even Loki. Loki isn't really a god, per se. He's an adopted son of a giant. It's just, you know, he's not just <laughs> the god of trickery and the guy who likes to, you know, glue Thor's boots to the floor because he thinks it's cute. There's much more going on. And even even Thor, to pick on, to go back to the Norse, I mean, yeah, he's a god of thunder, bad temper, blah, blah, blah. But, kind of loud, you know, he, he gets really mad at his brother Loki, but he's still his brother and he can't quite crush his skull, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know yeah. There's there's all those pieces of it, because if you just took it out when Total Munchkin, well, Thor just fucking kills Loki, crushed, dead. Exactly, it, exactly. Not, what what game, what fun is that story, right? Right, I mean, and like, even in my games that I've played, like I said, I've, I've, I've played lots of god games, like, because you're so powerful and you can do so many things, most of the fun is in the social interaction and, and the the dynamics between you and... Like I said, your worshippers, your other gods, um, monsters. Like, monsters don't always have to be the bad guy. You could make alliances. And, like, a lot of that stuff is the is the fun part. Like, because, yeah, I could just smack you and you die. 
but let's try this a different way. You know, let's let's try this. I mean, I can roll I can roll like a mountain of dice and just kill you, I guess. I guess that would be fun for someone. <laughs> you know, um, and it's weird, too, because that's me from a player and from a GM perspective. Like, I'm always looking for the way that I can do something that's different, which is why I don't I don't play those characters. I don't design my characters for you know, optimal performance in combat. That's just not what I do. Usually I'm the one who's like, oh, you guys are going to fight? Well, I'm going to stand over here and, I don't know, I'll do something else. Or I'll... <laughs> I'm, I usually don't even make characters that, like, are buffers or anything. I'm not even going to be any assistance in a fight. Um, you know? <laughs> I am like, of no use here, I am of I'm just zero telling you right now. <laughs> like, I'm the god of cats, which tells... Which is, like means I can run away really well. Like, <laughs> nice. like you know, like, sure, other gods of cats can pounce and have claws and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not, I don't, I don't do that stuff. That's the other god of cats. Well, you know, tell you, from... if, you, if you go to, if you've ever played Amber, you've been to a convention where people are playing, even the old school um, vampire LARPs and stuff, they were all basically designed to be talky LARPs and not so much smacking people right. with phone weapons LARPs. And that type of uber-powered character play, every time I played Amber, the fun is not the one guy who is the best strength beating the ever-living tar out of everybody else. The fun is that guy verbally sparring with the person he wants to beat up but can't because it's his sister. You know, right? That's the that's the interesting part, the tension that yeah. that piece that happens, and that's what you get out of good movies and books and stuff. If every time everybody just murdered everyone, <laughs> it'd be Game of Thrones. It wouldn't be all that fun. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's actually part of, like, that's, like, in the design of Part-Time Gods is the ability to basically inflict that tension or those conflicts on yourself. Um, and, like, the players get into it, like, as soon as, like, you can watch the table because they're like, I, I mean, I see these things and they want to treat them like regular drawbacks. Like, it says here, like, you know, oh, I'm scared of the dark. Okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll just avoid dark places. And I'm like... No, that's not how they work in this game. In this game, you say, hey, it's dark and my character can't handle it. I don't tell you that. You tell me that. I'm, I'm you know, you as the player are saying, I am going to in- activate this bad thing for my character. Um, and what, what that does is it generates dice for the rest of the group and stuff, which is fun because you're, you're basically taking on something bad, but you're helping the table by way of dice. But... As soon as that like clicks for most car- for most players, like they're like, "Oh, I'm going to use these all the time now." Then, and I'm just going to have terrible things just happen everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, I love it. and it's so fun because that's the fun part. You know, um, you know. Anyway, well, that, so. that's, I mean, that's playing right to the god trope, right? I mean, at, at some point, you know, Thor's going to lose his hammer. Um, Zeus is going to have something something uh, something bad happen to him. You know, exactly. Hecate's going to have a problem. And it's the thing that they're afraid of or worried about or nervous about is going to happen to them. Hey, guess what happened to Achilles? It was poke in the heel. There you go. It's exactly. going to happen. Exactly. It has <clears throat> to happen. It's part of the story. Yes. You know, so that's the – like, so whenever you're when, – when you're making your characters, for instance, in Part-Time Gods is for every – you make four major selections and for every selection you make, you get a good thing and you get a bad thing attached to that. So, for instance, if you're saying, like, your character is a caregiver type of personality, well, you can get, like, bonuses to your medicine or you can get, like, the ability to encourage people, uh, the, you know, stuff like that. But, like, the bad things are, like – Sometimes you come off as condescending and like you know everything and that causes conflicts. 
And like literally, like I've had that come up in a game and it just enhances the game. It doesn't stop. It doesn't hurt the game. Bad things are great in these types of games because, again, you're at the power level where you can just like if you actually if you and another god fought, it would just like it would do terrible things to both of you. So a lot of the time it amounts to arguments. <laughs> so, um, but I, I had that in a game once where they were just talking and, you know, they were just coming up with plans and there was just one character who just, like, every time one person had a plan, like, he was playing it up. He was literally just like, he would have a counter thing to everything that that guy said. And then he threw some dice into the middle of the table and said, yeah, I'm activating my curse. You know, so like, so just like he's he's saying like I am definitely meaning to be coming off condescending to the other player, and then there was this whole big fight, and it was amazing. Um, you know, at the table because you know the social dynamics is what really matters. Um, Very cool. But I'm a but I'm a role player too. Like you know, I like to roll dice. So there's a lot of dice flying in part time gods, but um, it's not always just for smacking people to kill them. Uh, we we try to have lots of different ways to handle our issues in the game so <laughs> the other thing I'll, I'll tell you what i'm hearing is that from the game master perspective and it, it brings me back to my vampire games and what you're saying here is that when you have this level of power the one of the important things that happens is those those flaws those weaknesses those bad things that these characters have even if the player forgets the mechanic you know even if the player doesn't remember what's necessarily on their sheet as the game master it's really important for you to Take the note, remember the thing, make a cheat mm-hmm. sheet, whatever it is you got to do, and kind of go down that list as your own preparation, if you will. At least I would, or I, I do, is saying, hey, these are, the ga- these are the characters in the game. You know what? Sean's greed problem hasn't really cropped up. Exactly. Not for a while. I better hit Sean with some greed you know, situations. Hey, Ange is showing up. We better really poke on this, on this problem. Hey, Lloyd's going to be there. Let's make sure... Because if you're not familiar with that stuff, in the heat of whatever it is, and I, I tend to, you know, we bag on players sometimes just to be fun, but generally <laughs> speaking, in the heat of things, players don't purposely exactly. forget the bad stuff. But if you know what's going on, you can inject that stuff in there. Say, hey, don't forget, if you want to add some dice to this thing or you want to make this thing happen, your character's greedy. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And then bang. I, I had a I had one where there's a character who has the uh, one of his curses is that every so often he's just really naive and he's overly trusting. So like I started an entire campaign with that because <laughs> I had um, I had uh, like he had some terrible thing happen to one of his bonds. Basically, the bonds are like the people, places, and groups and stuff that keep you centered as a person and keeps you from kind of going insane so i had his bond like get in like an accident and then i had him uh approached by the god of deals and the god of deals was just like i have an issue that i need taken care of and if you do it then you know um i'll go ahead and i can save your bond and i can make sure that she doesn't die and like literally the the player was like well you know, what kind of thing and like, what are we talking and all that stuff? And I just picked up a die and I threw it into the middle of the table and I'm like, you immediately shake his hand and say yes, because you care that much about it and you're overly trusting. And the guy was like, oh yeah, you're right. I am. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, it's just like, cause again, it's like, you know, this, this is, I, God games are not the games to play if you're scared of, of dying. 
you know, because honestly, it's not going to come up all that often anyway. So why play your character that way? You know, so, you know, because that's that's honestly what ends up happening a lot in other role-playing games, and this is not even to say anything bad about any particular role-playing game, but a lot of the time, players are, like, the game rewards if you mitigate the amount of damage or harm that your character takes. Um, so, you, basically, you end up with, like, cool, we have to go into the dungeon. All right, everybody, let's spend an, hours, uh, an hour of our session planning everything out and exactly what we'll do if this happens and who's going to be in what position and, like, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. Make sure we have all the gear. Make sure we have all the stuff that we're completely prepared because that sort of thing is rewarded in that kind of system. And in the systems that I design, especially as of the last few years where I've, I've kind of grown into loving complications and bad things happening a lot more, um, I invite those things in now and it, be, and it becomes the fun part of the game at that point. So, and that's, again, like part of what Part-Time Gods is like built upon is, is there's, there's equally good and bad, there's equally fantastic and mundane, like you are always playing with two sides of the game and the setting and the themes and whatnot. There's never just a thing. It's not, it's not fantasy, go kill the monster. It's, you know, well, there's the monster, but then I also have this other thing. And, you know, if I kill the monster, is that even a good thing? Is that just going to bring more monsters? Or could I maybe do an alliance with it? And maybe doing an alliance with it pisses off the other gods. You know, it's just like, it, there's, <laughs> it always has to be something that that's going on that makes it interesting. It's not just, let me just roll a bunch of dice until I roll enough successes and this thing dies. And then we all pat ourselves on the back for killing an imaginary creature. One of the things you said there about not being afraid to die, I think an interesting piece of this is that as an expectation from a player's perspective, and even as a game master, is to say, look, y'all are playing gods, huge, high power level things. You're going to take, you know, in D&D parlance, hundreds of points of damage a hit. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And that's okay because it's freaking cool, man. You just got whacked hard by, you know, the god of the forge just pounded you down. And you get to stand back up, look him in the eye, and say what? You know, that's that's cool, right? Right. And it, it may well be that that final insult your god of jokesters laid on the god of the forge is the one that he did pound near the ground and you're dead. <laughs> but wow, what a way to go out, you know? Exactly. Also, I mean, in most of these god games, like, even if you die, it's temporary. And then it's like, you know, it's like, so he did smash your skull into the ground and you died. And then, like... Oh, just wait until I come back a couple of days later. I mean, he's going to have words for me. You know, it's like, you know, it's that's how it is in part-time gods at least. You have a, you have you have like a couple of days to like cool down and then you you come back to life. Nice. Um so, you know, but in other games like um like Scion, I think if I recall in Scion like you can't die unless like another god kills you. Like other like if a human comes up and just you know, beats you with a bat you're not going to die. Like, you just won't. You know? Um, and, and there's other games where, where that happens. Like, you know, they, Rifts always had the MDC-SDC thing. So, like, as a god, literally, you could flick a normal person and they would just die. Because you would do that much damage. Mega damage. It's mega damage. It's Rifts, man. <laughs> Which, you know, a lot of people had issues with that. I actually kind of dug the SDC-MDC thing, but, you know... That's just, you know, that's just me. Like, it, it basically puts it on two different tiers, and it lets you know what you're dealing with. Um, you know, so, it, and it's kind of like that, right? It's There's another game, and I can't think of it, but, like, 
you there's like two phases of being able to play and that's actually how we're going to end up you know kind of addressing it in in part-time gods when uh because we're right now in the middle of trying to get funded the second book like the first book is already funded we're already over like 300 and something percent of making sure that it gets funded that it got funded and it's done um so right now we're working towards the a big stretch goal so that we can actually fund the first book that will be coming out uh, after the core book, which will be the companion book, which is going to have what happens when you have shed your mortal you know, life and now you really are just a god. Like, what does that do to you? And it's going to be a lot of kind of what we're talking about here. It's going to be you're on a whole other level. Um, you don't have to deal with, um, you know, mortals as much, but now you have to deal with like the community of other greater gods and everything that they're doing. And it's just, it, it doesn't remove your problems becoming a god. And I think that's what a lot of, a lot of gamers believe should happen. Like, I'm a god, I shouldn't have to worry about anything. It's just like, no, you just have different stuff to worry about. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, oh, now it's like, I don't have to worry about, you know, that guy down the street is going to mug me. I have to now worry about, you know, the god of war trying to usurp power from the entire pantheon and kill us all. So, you know, or the god of war causing a war with a pantheon that I don't really want to fight. I have friends over there, but now I'm forced to because I have alliances with these people. You know, it's like, it, it becomes that sort of game as opposed to, um, you know, the minutia of everyday life and having to pay bills and stuff like that. So, anyway. <laughs> no, I like that. That makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I remember... Vaguely remember reading the Immortals box set way back in the day, of the the Red Box expert, you know, from the Frank Messner stuff, and trying mm-hmm. to wrap my head around, you know, I'm a god. How come I have any problems? <laughs> you right. know, this doesn't make any sense. As you get older as a gamer and you start to put it together, and and um, just more experienced, you understand that yeah, bigger power equals just bigger damn problems. You know, no, exactly. no matter what you have, the, the stress just goes, it's logarithmically bad. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, like, let's, like, if you just take, like, Superman, for instance, right? Like, Superman started off as, you know, saving people in Smallville. Like, that was his job. He was Superboy, I guess, at that point, Clark Kent. And he would save, like, just people who were stuck under a tree or, you know, whatever. Um, then he went to Metropolis and he started, you know, um, fighting against supervillains um, and then uh, he discovered his ship, and then he found Kryptonian technology. So then it was just him, and now not only is he super powerful, but now he's surrounded with all this technology. And then he basically becomes able to single-handedly stop invasions. Uh, he creates, like, a space station, and, you know, it's like, like it, it keeps growing and growing, and, but he never, he never stopped having to deal with stuff. He just didn't have to deal with people stuck under trees anymore. He, it was now alien invasions. You yeah, know, so. their planets stuck under other planets now. It just, <laughs> got bigger. it just got bigger. Exactly. Very, very cool. Oh, man. I tell you, now I want to play like a super high powered game again. I haven't played that in a while. Sean, I've been, I've been monopolizing our guest here. You got, any, you got anything for him, man? Oh, no. It's, we've covered quite a bit. So no, Sean doesn't like to talk to me, apparently. That's not true. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, that's the thing about part-time gods, right? Because, again, like, I actually really enjoy playing those higher-level, you know, I can do whatever I want. But what, what part-time gods does is it mixes the two elements. 
it mixes the I'm super powerful and I can do a whole lot of things. Like, trust me, there like there's a lot of people who are like, oh, man, you know, you know, why can't, you know, the characters in part time gods be more powerful? And I'm like, well, I mean, if you design your character, you're it's your fault that it doesn't do what you want it to do. Like, you should be, like, from the get-go, you should be able to do the things that you've decided that you want your character to be able to do, whatever you feel power is, you can probably do it. Um, and there are so many ways to do, like, earth-changing, crazy things, even from the start, but it all has to do with, like, what you're the god of. And that's usually, like, a limitation that people don't like, because they're like, well, I'm just a god, I should just be able to do whatever I want, and I'm like, well, no, you have to... You have to fall under whatever you're the god of. If you're the god of oceans, you're not going to go burn down that building. Like, no. Like, yeah, that's exactly. not, you know, you could, flood you, it. You could, yeah, of course you could cause a citywide flood. Exactly. Um, you would basically use summon and you would summon the ocean to you. Um, you know, so you could totally do that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing. Like, it, it honestly just takes time for people to kind of wrap their heads around. Um, the idea of being a god but also having limitations but the limitations are what makes the game fun um like i i had a whole i had a whole group of playtesters who you know gave back their playtest feedback and it was literally like i think you should change the entire premise of the game and it should just be you know gods running around and doing whatever they want and i'm like cool man you should you should go play another game. Is basically you know that's that's my opinion. You know, you this know. is not for you. This Sorry. this game wasn't for you. It's cool. Like I know that it's not going to be something that appeals to everybody because a lot of the time you th- you want to you, a lot of people play RPGs as as escapism. I don't do that. I play them for fun. I don't play them to escape my life. My life is actually really good. Um, so, you know, not to brag or anything, but, you know, (laughs) my life is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, so I don't play to escape from something. I play to enhance my life. I play to have fun with my friends and, you know, do that sort of thing. So I don't mind playing a game where there are some real world complications. You know, like I was talking about free time earlier. Um, there are, there, there are players who will come into this game and they'll say, well, I don't want to have to deal with those responsibilities. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's the, that's the game, though. You know, it's like, I don't want to, though. Well, I mean, you can just ignore them, and then they'll all just go away. And then you don't have them anymore. Because that's, you can do that. Like, that's the thing in the game, too. Is, and I, I, maybe I didn't mention that earlier, is that you have the choice. It, presenting these things is not a, a, a reason to smack the players. It's, it's, it's offering up hard choices. You know, so do you continue on with the adventure? Do you go fight the big bad guy? Do you do your personal adventure or do you go and deal with your family and friends? You know, so it's your choice of what you're going to do. It's, it's, you know, it's all what you want to do. But if you don't, if you don't do one of those things, the other ones are going to suffer. You know, it's like, you know, the hard choices. And that's what I love games for. That's why, like, if any, if anybody has actually played Apocalypse Prevention Inc., and I know some people have. Um, at least ten. Um, so, <laughs> well, I'm gonna say an easy baker's dozen. We gotta have thirteen people. There you go. So, and, and if if you've played that game, like if you read any of the published adventures, they're all gray area adventures. It's always like, well, now you've discovered what this big thing is happening. 
do you do this thing and it would be good for the company but actually is really amoral or do you save the people but actually saving them is going to make them come back later and probably be enemies you know it's just like everything is a gray area and in an api because those are the kinds of games i like you know so you know well, i've so. always thought i've always thought as a game designer it it behooves you to Make the games that you want to play. I know John Wick has said that, and a few other uh, uh, people I've listened to have. I mean, because <clears throat> you're trying to make a game that's going to be for people you don't know, for play styles that you neither enjoy nor really understand, you're going to fail. Yes. You know, and, and what I hear about this is, you know, you're taking the right pieces when, when we're playing gods like this, is in the way that you're doing it, frankly, is the way I would like to do it. <laughs> and I, I think that's really cool. One, because, hey, somebody likes what I like. But but two, exactly. I think it, it's it goes beyond the what I would call very simplistic. I'm oh a god, therefore I can beat the crap out of whatever I want. It takes the pieces of all that mythology and everything behind the gods, and then makes it a thing. Like, look, if you're the the strongest, you're the smartest, you're the wisest, you're the the best wizard, you're the best, you know, the best healer, whatever it is, you must act within that idiom, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, Orcus doesn't do whatever Orcus wants; he acts within his Prince of the Undeadness. And the same thing with Baphomet, <laughs> and when you pick apart the the D and D gods, and it's the same way all across. You're acting within your purview, and uh, therein lies the challenge—not only the ups but the downs as well, and the different parameters that you're stuck within. Because hey, guess what? You're God of Fire, man, and no water for you. That's just how it goes. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. Like I, it, I there's a character in first edition who didn't survive to second. But she was actually one of my favorite characters because um, she was a doctor who was the goddess of fire. So I would have people who would be like, the bad guy's here. Um, I summon up a giant tor in a flame and I fire it at him. And I go, um, you, you can't. No, you took an oath. You're not going to do harm to people. You know, it's oh, like, crap. you know, it's like, oh, God damn it. it's like, man, now I have to figure out some sort of other way because, you know, that character wouldn't do that. And, and that's, that's also part of it is, is, you know, just because you're the strongest, you know, if you, just because you're like the strongest God doesn't mean like that any God likes you, you know, just because you are the smartest God doesn't make you a good husband. You know, it's like, you know, it's like just because you're the most powerful wizard doesn't make you good with money. You know, so it's like there's like there's always that's that's what part time gods does. It's like you become this big epic thing, but like you suffer from very normal human drawbacks. <laughs> it's because it's not like again, like it's not uh, like the drawbacks in other games where it's just like, well, you're missing limbs and you have giant scars everywhere and you have tons of enemies. It's like, no, like sometimes you get scared in the dark or sometimes like you get super stressed and just can't handle it anymore. You know, it's like, it's stuff like that. Or, you know, you don't like, you don't like it if, uh, oh, some, one of my favorites, Loner, that's a big one that a lot of people like. You know, sometimes you go off by yourself and you get into trouble. Like, that's a fun one too. Um, but honestly, anyway, this, there's just so many different ways that you can have a fun character that doesn't require um, smacking another thing until it's dead. So... Anyway, and that's basically that's basically what you get out of a god level game, is you is you get the ability to do almost anything you want. So if you can do anything you want, then those things don't really matter. Those things can almost be off screen, like, oh well, you're the god of death. Well, you heard that there was some necromancer who was summoning stuff. You're like, oh, I mean, I'm I go and I just make them stop. 
Um, so anyway, now, you know, I, now I'm going to go to the Allfather and I'm going to petition him for a separate domain of my own so that I can, you know, do other things and I can, you know, start planning and do, you know, it's like, that's, you know, because it's like the thing that you're the god of, like that, you're the god of that. Like, you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah, you got you to think big. <laughs> if, you're not, if, you're thinking, if you're thinking too small, you got to pay attention to the small. Exactly. plans have got to be big. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Anyway, and again, and again, I ramble, and that's that's okay, yes. man. Oh, hey, yeah, that's that's why you that's why you fit in with Sean. And I. We just kind of just kind of roll it. Well, well I mean, that's why what, I fit man. in with you. Sean doesn't say anything. So. I, I say everything in post, Aloy. <laughs> oh no, he's gonna have so many things to say to me now in post. He's gonna slip all the conversations. He's like, so Aloy, what do you think about this? I think that sucks. Oh boy, Aloy, that sounds terrible. Wow, yeah, suck it up. Oh my god. So, jerk. so what you're saying, Aloy, is that every other game besides yours sucks? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I just edited to say you did. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, awesome. No, that's cool, man. I but think. no, I'm excited. I'm excited for my game. I, but honestly, I'm excited for so many other games that are out there. Uh, there are just so many cool game designers, and they're all like they're all breaking new ground because that's what it's about. It is about breaking ground and doing new things, and that is what I'm most excited about. And like for me, like Part Time God Second Edition was an exercise in basically make I I. I remade the game from the ground up, and now it is in a form that I think is different than pretty much any game that is out there. Um, and that's not like me to, like tooting my own horn, but it, it was an experiment for me to create a game that is different, like mechanically. Like that whole free time thing that I was talking about, um, like basically the game inspires uh, breaking up the party and having different you know, um, having different uh, scenes over here and over there, and it, it requires a different structure for the game, and, like, it's completely different than what is in other games. And that's been one of my really, like, favorite things, is just to see all of these different playtest groups, because I had several of them, come back and go, oh my god, this was so fun, this worked really well, like, we were scared at first because it was different, um, but it just, it worked so well. And I love hearing that because, like, it was a gamble for me to come out with a game that that is Part-Time God 2nd Edition. Like, it's a gamble to come out with this because 1st Edition was a big hit. So, like, like, there's, like, there's always, like, the idea that it could have, it could come out and be a complete flop. But I'm loving Dude, the that, fact you're, that you're, you're, people we're end up loving gods, it. We're talking about gods, man. You gotta, you gotta go big or go home. We're That's talking right. about gods here. 2nd I mean, Edition. Go. Do it. That's what. That's. I, I. I assume you just sat there and said, "Man, I could either worry about this, or, or I could break new ground, gain new followers." <laughs> well, and I decided to do both. Where I, I did the new ground and the new followers, and I also worried immensely about it. I'm not worried about it anymore, but I was at first. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lloyd, we know you've got you've got stuff to do back at the at, at the ranch there. So <laughs> thank you very very much, Sean. You got anything you want to throw at him? No, no. <laughs> I'll talk to I'll talk to you later. You will. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been amazing fun to come on here and flap my gums. And uh, obviously, again, there's the Kickstarter going on. So definitely, you know, if you liked anything that I said or didn't like it and want to go, you know, 
uh, do a, a protest pledge. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> Probably not, but I'll take your money even if you hate me. Um, but <laughs> but honestly, like if anything sounded good, like go check it out. And there's actually there's a preview that you can get of the game um, that's got everything that you need in order to play. You know the game. Uh, so go check it out and see if it's your bag. And you know my hope is that it is. So and if you like it, come back the Kickstarter. There's a bunch. You know. The book's going to be amazing, is all I can say. Very cool. Well, thank right, so you anyway, so I... much for being on the show, Aloy. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. So, thanks to Aloy. Yes. For coming on the show and talking about gods. Yep. Uh, Aloy's going to be at Queen City Conquest. Um, so, that'll be cool. I've never, I've never had the chance to talk to Aloy in person. So I being have. There, I have. Yeah, I know you have. I have. I he and I, we're close. You got me beat there. We're close. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be cool to see him there, though. That'll be a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. And fun dude, too. I mean, obviously. It's hard to... You get you get Brett and Aloy talking, you might as well just pack a lunch. <laughs> it's going to be a while Holy before we're done. Holy shit. He accused me of not wanting to talk to him. Like, between you and Brett... <laughs> you didn't, you didn't bring no, enough heavy artillery to get enough, into that one. There's not enough room in this in this space. <laughs> All right, let's do die roll, man. But you, yes, let's do die roll. All right, die roll, Brettster. Yeah, I've got one. Ray Otis, listener in front of the show, he has uh, his little zine, Plundergrounds. Uh, he's got a patron, and he has Book of Plundered Pages number one is free. So I've got a link in the show notes to that. If uh, you're a Dungeon World fan, if that's the type of thing that trips your trigger, or if you just like really cool articles, really kick-ass zine type stuff, and you want to support a fellow gamer who's a really cool dude, go over and take a look at Ray Otis. That's the man, of course, who made up the Zip Zaps logo for Sean. He I, did so. do the Zip Zaps logo. Yes, he did. We squared him away with some Zip Zaps gear. Shwag. Yeah, swag. Cool. Well, yeah. that was the only one I had. Sean, what have you got? Uh, the 25 best board game mobile apps. So if you're a board gamer and you want to play with uh, friends that aren't st- sitting right in front of you, some of these uh, come in handy. They're pretty cool. Um, you can find it on Vulture, the website. Um, it's an article by Keith Law. So, yeah, I thought some of them were pretty cool. Like I know a couple of friends of mine have played, like Ticket to Ride, Lords of Waterdeep. And some I didn't other know ones. Lords of Waterdeep was out there. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, man. Damn, that's some cool stuff. I've heard mixed reviews on the AI for Lords of Waterdeep, because you can, I think, play the entire computer system. Okay. And so, um, I think I think it's pretty tough. But I don't know. Maybe they patched it, and it's a little bit more user friendly, a little or better, non user murdery. Probably a little better if you play with other players, which I th- don't know if you can with Lords of Waterdeep. But nice. Yeah. Pandemic. Oh wow! Cool. Awesome. 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 Second one, Devin. Mistress of Maps, Rue. So if you go to at Devin Rue, D-I-V-I-N-R-U on Twitter, um, she had done a rendition of the Greyhawk map. Um, she got like 13,000 followers on Twitter. Um, she's a big map um, person, cartographer, I guess, for lack of better words. And she just did an amazing job on the map of Greyhawk. You look at this thing. I, I love Greyhawk, right? It's like it's three-dimensional. First... Not three. I mean... It is it is insanely good. Yeah, it's really I mean, crazy. holy shit! Yeah, Devin, wow, that yeah. is just 
I think she's got a Patreon because I think at the top of the map as she's scanning it, there's something at, like Patreon at the top. I don't have a link to her Patreon. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's got 13,000 followers. So somebody that's listening to this may be like, Durr, how come you guys don't know about Devin Rue? Well, that's why we need listeners like them to tell us what the hell about cool people. Right. We can't follow all the cool people. Yeah. That is really slick, though. Damn, that is awesome. Yep. yep. So I thought that was good. And then the last one. If you didn't get it from our guest. Oh, yeah. Part-time gods. Second, second edition. Second Kickstarter, edition. people. So this is a game. You're not familiar with part-time gods. That was launched nine years ago. And if you're not familiar with Aloy, even just from this short uh, conversation with him on gods, um, he's got the PIP system. He's got a few other games. So second edition for part-time gods, I mean, it's already funded. Yeah, so it is. So if you're if you're wondering if it's going to fund and if he's going to deliver, uh, he's got a good Kickstarter track record. Uh, well, I got in on the PIP system when that came out, as did too. you and a few other people I know, and that was boom. Once it's done, you get your stuff and you move on. Well, and this you, this you, is dude knows what he's doing. Yeah, and this isn't even a new game, right? This no. is like he's doing a second edition, so it's probably some tweaks and some errata, uh, probably upgrading some of the artwork. I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Oh, we did have one from Stefan Dragonspawn. He posted this on Google on the G Pluses. And Stefan had a link to John Arcadian's TED Talk. So link in the show notes to that. We talked about this a while back. John Arcadian did a little TED Talk about gaming, of course. And John is not only a really kick-ass dude, but he's a hell of a speaker. So a little link in the show notes. Take a look at that. Thought it would be kind of cool to share. Yes. Thank you, Stefan. And that wraps up this week's show. Brett, mm-hmm. are we going to pitch another topic for next week that we're not going to talk about? <laughs> well, what happened? <laughs> well, what happened is, like, hey, we could, let's see if we can get a lawyer on. And I happened to say, hey, lawyer, you think you could get on? He's like, what are you doing this, this, when do you record next? Well, this Sunday. I can do that. Okay, we'll push this one out then. Because <laughs> we can talk about Cold Shadows almost any time, which is what we'll do next time. We'll talk about Cold Shadows. Cold shadows. Yes, we gotta get we gotta get Sean working some uh, some GM magic with his spycraft. So we gotta get him out there. We're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna prime the pump and get Sean all amped up and ready to run. Yeah, I do want to run Cold Shadows, and it's probably something to put on for a game hole con and, and come up with a scenario. It'd be nice to probably run it before that though, because I certainly yep. would want to do. This will be one of those types of things where Sean knows he's read it. I've yet to read the rules, so I'm gonna do that before next show go through it we're just going to talk about we have not played it we're going to talk about it and it's the same thing anytime when um when i first get a rule set you know i read through it go wow this looks really cool you start talking to your buddies about it so it's gonna be that type of approach what do you see what do you think what do you think would be cool what are you concerned about and so on so that's our next topic well that's that's just fantastic brett you're damn straight it is (laughs) i'm feeling very confident well as well you should all right. Well, I guess signing off for this episode, I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Mark, CMG Clover, Andy Hall, Corey Wynn, Graham Minert, Joe Swick, Brett's biggest fan, Forrest Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jeppesen, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Palladian, Remy Bellado, Jason Hobbs, Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Dan LaValle, C.W. Mellencamp, 
Loas Sailor, Misdirected Mark Productions, Christopher Gray, Finolf, Merkel Froelich, Eileen Barnes, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Crapper, Alexander Auerbach, Neil Benson, Chris Steele, Eric Hoff Hoffman, Kyle Winter, Curtis Takahashi, Mark Tasaka, Larry Hout, Ray Otis, Ron Bishop, Craig Huber, Xavier G, JV, John Hammersley, The Classic Gamer, John Steve, Jared Rasher, Mark Richmond, Thomas Hook, Blake Ryan, Chad Glayman, Sky, Roger Braslett, Evan Harrison Cass, Craig, Howard Bishop, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Skeins, Knights of the Night Crew, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Pateri Turtianen, Edward Nagy, Bruce Cunnington, Aaron Coleman, Tim Short, Stefan Dragonspawn, Aonigas, God, I keep screwing up his name, Rolford Guild, Gordon Cranford, Eric Salzweedle, Trezzy, George Sedgwick, Kevin Lovecraft, Matt Cyberlick, Jack Neller, Robert Nemeth, and Eric Bontz. For ways to support the show, head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash support dash us. Keep on chugling. Thanks, BSers! This, this has, has been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio, Studio production. production.